I support teen girls who are in transitional housing through a nonprofit organization that I started. I am bridging the gap between consumers and Black-owned businesses, and I support people in turning their passions into a paycheck as a small business and nonprofit consultant. That's Danielle Skeen. She's a senior business development manager at Microsoft and a former senior account manager at KBS. She's also the founder and executive director of The Star Boutique and co-founder of Andoir.com. And I'm Mark Hartsman, creative director, copywriter, author, weird historian, and right now, your host of Besides Ads, a podcast about the remarkable things people in advertising do outside of advertising, like Danielle Skeen. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for being here. Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Hope you are too. Yep. You know, thriving through the pandemic or <laughs> post-pandemic. <laughs> Good. We're all trying to. Well, so for those listening, Danielle and I worked together years ago at KBS. We worked on the BMW account together. And I think I first heard about your projects outside of advertising when you were the New York One New Yorker of the Week. I think that was like back in 2014. Does that sound about right? Yeah, it's such a, a nostalgia trip right now. But yeah, that was that sounds about right. <laughs> and I think they had sent out an agency-wide email to share that news. And uh, <laughs> it was for your work with the Star Boutique helping underprivileged girls in the city. And I was like, wow, that's that's so cool that she does that. I mean, I knew you as you know my account exec on, on BMW. We worked on certified pre-owned cars. And then I'm like, wow, there's this whole other side to Danielle. And she does all this amazing stuff in the community. That's That's really incredible. So let's start there. Describe for us the, the Star Boutique. What inspired you to start it? What was, was it a particular moment? Was it a particular person? Like, how did this whole thing take off for you? Yeah, definitely. So the, I, I actually enjoy telling the story about the Star Boutique, right? So I, I always um, let people know that I did not go into this with the intention of wanting to start a nonprofit. Before tapping into the advertising world, I was working at a nonprofit and it was supposed to be a temporary job. You know, they said six months and I had just moved to New York. I needed a job. So I said, you know, why not? And that six months literally turned into two years just because I fell in love with the work. I, I got a sense of the privileges that I've had growing up and currently had in my life at the time. And you know, at the time when I was at that nonprofit, we had one program and we supported teens who uh, were living in shelters. And I remember one woman who would come to the office or girl who would come to the office rather. And I just remember thinking that I wanted to give her the things that she needed. But again, like with working with that population, I knew that they had been through so much and are still going through so much. And the last thing that they had was really just kind of like their pride. So I started to think through, you know, how can I give back but not let them feel, you know, like a charity case? Like, how, how do I let them feel empowered? So I, you know, had an idea. I pitched an idea to our executive director at the time. And I said, you know, what if we turned our conference room into a store? So we, you know, we get the volunteers and mentors and our staff to just donate clothing items and things that we want to get rid of and, you know, invite the youth to come, but then they can shop and really feel like they're picking something for themselves. And long story short, we did that. It was a success. I ended up leaving that nonprofit to go into advertising because, 
I felt like a hypocrite. I was telling all these kids to follow their dreams. Meanwhile, I was not. So I, I took my own advice and tapped into the um, the ad world. And I started to miss just this feeling of giving back. Like there was something pulling on me saying that you, you can be doing so much more. So I started volunteering a ton, you know, from everything to mentoring, to gardening, to painting schools, all of that. And, you know, nothing seemed to like seal the deal. So I decided, I said, well, I, I remember I did that thing in the conference room. Like, what if I did that on a bigger scale? Like, I just want to throw this big charity event. So that was the birth of the Star Boutique. It was supposed to be a one-time charity event. I, you know, connected with a lot of my friends and colleagues at the time, and we donated clothes. I, I paid money for like a rental space. It was like a dance studio or something like that. And, you know, it was supposed to be this one-time thing. I, I planned for about 25 to 30 girls. And at the end of the day, we had over 60 girls show up. The line was outside the door before we could even get in, before we began. And you know, that's when it hit me that there is a need. I specifically invited teen girls who are in shelters because there's a direct need, but also as a teenage girl, there's just so many insecurities that they are going through. And I've been there, right? So at the end of the event, a lot of the the girls were asking, when is the next one? And the volunteers were like, oh, this is awesome. I want to come back and I have more things to donate. And in my head, I was like, there is none. Um, but, you know, when, when there is a need and things are supposed to happen, all of the stars align. And I um, ran into someone who I went to college with who was working at Hofstra University. And the, the clinic that she was in, they supported nonprofits and startups with, you know, getting their 501c3. So... I went through that process and here we are eight years later, still working and still supporting, um, you know, youth in need. The pandemic has paused a lot of our, you know, in-person programming, but yeah, that's, that's been my passion project. And it really was just inspired by this one girl that I wanted to help and extending what I did for one um, nonprofit to, you know, support, you know, almost thousands of girls now in the tri-state area. That's really amazing. It's so cool that that one girl had probably unbeknownst to her, had this amazing impact on so many others, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's the beauty in it, right? It's, you know, you think you're doing something for one small subset, but it's a rippling effect, you know, when you think of the value that you're going to get and the lives that you get to change. So it's, it's, it's been awesome. Yeah. Describe a little bit of what these girls experience when they come into the boutique then. They have yeah. They have clothes they can choose from. Is there also some aspect of mentoring that they can get from, from different people like yourself? Yes. Yeah, so we, I'm always about getting their minds right first. So, you know, I always, I'm like, the clothes will be there, the shoes, the, everything will be there. You get to do that. But before they get to do any of that, um, when they come in, we have them seated and we'll either have um, a speaker, we'll do an activity or a workshop with them. And it's always going to be centered around self-esteem, confidence, body image, you know, really just kind of getting their minds right where they're tapping into just, you know, their self-worth and then they can go and do, you know, the other things, the fun things, right? They can shop and get makeovers and all of that. Um, and then what we have started to do is, you know, with the volunteers that we have that come to the different sessions, they've been able to pair up, you know, some of them one-to-one, -one, some one-to-few um, matches of just them staying engaged with the girls. Over the years, we've expanded beyond just our um, boutique sessions. So every summer we do um, corporate tours. 
So we take the girls to places like Google and Microsoft and Hearst. So they've gone to Seventeen Magazine and Cosmo and, you know, Estee Lauder. And, you know, really with these companies, we try to expose them to women who are in careers that they may not know exist and could be possible for them. Right. And then in those spaces, we always create some sort of a group mentorship, speed networking, you know, those kinds of things. So that way they can just get a taste of you know, what's out there for them. And the goal is really, it ties back to the saying of, you know, if you, if you look good, then you feel good. And if you feel good, then you'll do good. So I think what initially draws the girls into the program is this notion of, okay, I'm going to get some free clothes and a makeover. But I think what keeps them going and the reason why the star boutique exists is for the latter, right? It's if you feel good about yourself, you're going to start to make decisions that show that, that reflect that. And that's what we want. The goal is for them to break these cycles. The goal is for them to get out of their situation. So, you know, the mission is bigger than it seems. So that's that's, that's a little bit about what we do and what the girls will experience. I, I love that. I love that you said, if you feel good, then you're going to do good. And I love that you're taking them to these different corporations so that they can see the places where they can go, you know, succeed and, and find careers, as opposed to just leaving it like, well, you know, uh, you know, talking to them and, and giving them advice and that kind of thing, like you said at the beginning, which is fantastic, but to take them to the places so they can see it themselves and mm-hmm. start to envision themselves there. Or like you said, just realize that there are these different kinds of jobs I could do that I didn't know were available to me. That seems really valuable. Definitely. I think it's the whole, um, you know, if you see it, you can be it, right? Someone can tell you something all day, but until you're in the office and you see the floor and you're, you know, you're hearing directly from someone who's in that role. I think that really just like cements it in their mind, like, okay, this is actually possible. And I'm, I'm seeing a real life example of it, as opposed to someone telling you something that, you know, may or may not be fictional. Right. Well, everything they just heard, now they're seeing it, right? Like, oh, that's what she was just talking about. Exactly. This is great. <laughs> this is what I want. Exactly. That's terrific. So you mentioned thousands of girls that have come through this program. Oh, and how many, I forgot to ask, how many times a year do you hold these programs? So we have them three, our pop-ups uh, three to four times a year. And then we have the um, the college tour. That's an annual thing that we do in the summer. And then we have had some one-off events where we would go specifically to some shelters and we would do activities with the girls like vision board making or just different workshops around helping them with public speaking and just really boosting their confidence. So, you know, the, the work that we have done has kind of been, you know, scattered through some of our partnerships. But in terms of the actual boutique sessions and the tours, we're looking at activity about four to five times a year. That's great. And do you get different companies now over the years participating, not in terms of like the tours you do, but providing different, uh, providing the clothing, providing makeover services, all those things? Have you gotten people on board to donate their time or, or products? Yes. Like it's, it's, it's been, yeah, it's been an awesome journey. And I think I tell people all the time that, you know, what's special about the Star Boutique is that anybody can support and all kinds of support is going to go a long way. Right. So we're not necessarily the organization that's always kind of beating on your door asking for money. Most of our donations actually come through in-kind donations or people donating their time and talent. So 
we've had different companies donate actual clothing. I remember we partnered with Levi's one time and they provided book bags filled with school supplies. Macy's provided clothes and prom dresses for us before. Um, the Estee Lauder partnership has, you know, gone beyond just the tours, but they would also provide some of their products and the gift bags that we would give to the girls. You know, the, the list goes on and on. A lot of companies will send products that can go, whether it's in the gift bags or it's actual clothing themselves. And then we've had groups of employees come and volunteer their time. And a lot of companies these days, um, especially as some folks at Microsoft, you you can donate hours to, um, to donate funds to charities. So if you worked three, four hours, you can log that in the tool and that's a double benefit, right? So you've volunteered your time, but your company is also going to make a financial donation. So um, we've been lucky to have a lot of um, support from, you know, small and, and large um, companies as well. So I think that's what's been helping us throughout the years is that we're not heavily dependent on just finances. It's really what, however a, a company or a, or a agency can support we will take that support. <laughs> that's that's really fantastic. That's that's great names that you're getting involved too. That must be so rewarding to see it all come together and, and to be able to help people like this. Uh, having been doing this now for over eight years, have you stayed in touch with some of these people personally and, and heard stories of success? Yeah. So there's definitely a few that I've been able to connect with one-to-one. And it's always like a a bittersweet thing when I get asked this question, because what's a little bit um, nuanced, I guess, about the Star Boutique is the situation that our participants are in, right? So a lot of them are in family shelters, some are in group homes, uh, some are in homes for teenage moms, uh, some are in foster care. So they don't have a stable living connection or a place to live. And often a lot of them don't have their own cell phones, right? Because if, if, you know, you're homeless, right. you, you don't tend to have a lot of things. So a lot of our partnerships stemmed from some of the shelters themselves. And we became a vendor um, of the New York Department of Education. They had a program that was specifically sourcing resources for girls in transitional housing or youth in transitional housing. So we have been able to get and support the the masses through those partnerships but yeah so some of the girls who you know they have their phones and they're fine we, we definitely stay connected to them whether it be through social media or us just checking in every now and then and yeah the success stories are there which just reminds us of what we need to keep doing like with, there's there's some girls who have gone through the program and gotten internships um you know there's one girl who i know and actually a parent um, the mom was so inspired and she became empowered and she said, you know, I'm going to get out of the shelter in a year. And she did that. Right. So it's, it's just, it's, it's amazing to see the way that, you know, what one event can do can transform lives. So it's sad when we want to be able to check in and catch up with more, but the phone numbers change or, you know, we've had situations where we have girls coming to meet us at, uh, one of our tours and you find out the night before they were, you know, awakened at 4 a.m. and had to leave their shelter to move to another shelter in the middle of the night in a borough that they don't know. Right. Oh, wow. So that's just the reality of the youth that we serve, where no matter how hard we try and we want to stay in, in touch and engage with as many of them as we can. Unfortunately, there's still just a system in place that makes it really, really hard for us to do so. Yeah. 
I mean, the good thing is, no, no matter what, you're making a difference in one way or another, right? Even if it's if it's for a day, if it's for years, but whatever situation they're in, you've you've put something positive in their lives. Exactly, and we we always tell um, before the the girls come into our program, we always tell the volunteers. I do like a little speech with them, and I'm always like. I don't care who got you mad before you came here. I don't care if your back hurts, you're tired from last night. You know, when these girls come, I need you to treat them like the star that they are. You know, meet them where they are. Some may be shy, some may be a little uncomfortable, but we just need you to love on them. And what most of the volunteers probably don't realize is, in my head, I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to see this person again. I don't know what situation they're going home to, right? If it, is it a domestic violence situation? I don't know if they're going to, you know, get picked up and get put into a shelter however many miles away. So if this is their, if this is going to be their first and last interaction with us, then we need to make it the most positive one that they've had. So, um, yes, you're, you're spot on. It's It's even if we can just change that life. When in one day in one meeting, that's what we're going to strive to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, I'm wondering how a good day of working with the Star Boutique compares to a good day at the day job. <laughs> <laughs> a little different. Oh, very different. I feel like a good day at the day job is being able to leave in time to do things for Star Boutique. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good Perfect. day at the day job. Uh, but I think. A good day at the Star Boutique, I don't think there's been a bad day. Um, I mean, maybe lately, right, because we've had to pause our programming. So I feel like the Star Boutique is something that I think about every day. And more and more, um, you know, my team and I were thinking through what can we start to do on a virtual, you know, landscape in this virtual world. So I think the good days at Star Boutique is really just when we see the faces, right? There's so much planning that happens. There's the preparation and getting partners on board and the product. But I think it's just seeing the faces. And for me, it I don't do it anymore. But I would say for at least the first two years, every single session, I would find, I don't know, a closet, a bathroom, a storage room or something. And I would just have a good cry, right? And the cry would just be wow, like, you know, we did it again, or like, I'll see the faces. And it's usually towards the end of the event. So you you see, you see them coming in, and they're not sure what this is, and, you know, very shy. And at the end, they're like running around and dancing and taking <laughs> pictures of people. And it's like, right. you know, so it's just, I always have that one moment. So I would say like, the best moments and a good day at the Star Boutique is when I can have like a good cry at the end of the day because it just means mission accomplished, <laughs> right. you know? Success. It's, it's happy tears for sure. What is a typical day like for you? Are you are are you kind of flipping a switch at the end of the day with Microsoft and working on Star Boutique? Are you able to kind of overlap a little bit? Do you get support from Microsoft and, and your coworkers? Um, take us through a typical day for you. Yeah. So a typical day for me, um, it's now it's more controlled because I, I block out my calendar. So the first few hours of the day is usually dedicated to just about anything, right? So if there's star boutique work to do, I'm doing that. If it's the gym, if it's meditation, if it's any of my other businesses or projects, you know, I, I carve out that time. And then um, same thing. So there is a, I always give myself a time that I'm going to shut off. Right. So if it's the meet, the last meeting of the day ends at six, my laptop is done at six and then, you know, give myself a little break and then I start again. I think the beauty with the Star Boutique is that because we have periods of when we're having our events, 
that tends to be, you know, busy. So it's not like an everyday thing. I'm always on and off, on and off, back and forth between the two. Um, So that's been super helpful. And then I do have support. So a lot of my colleagues are, you know, hand raising to help volunteer or do something or help find volunteers or anything like that, because they also know that they can, you know, log their hours in the system, right? Because Microsoft will support um, by donating. So um, yeah, yeah, it's been interesting. I think lately, because we haven't been active like we were in the past, it's been it hasn't been this juggling act. But I think just in general, when when anyone or for me, like the guidance out of anyone who is working full time, but you also have a passion project or side hustles or anything like that is really just to gain control of your calendar, because otherwise you can't you can't give 100 percent to everything at the same time. But even if you can only give two hours or one hour, at least you're doing that hour at 150 percent so you can meet those goals. I think that's great advice. Well, besides ads and besides the Star Boutique, you've got a few other ventures going. And so I want to just take a quick break and then hear about those. We'll be right back. Sounds good. From being a wheel in the cog to fueling your blog, from helping clear your boss's mess up to acing stand-up, if your creativity spills over from the things you have to do to the things you want to do, the Sideshow is for you. Submit your entries to the only nonprofit that showcases your other creative sides to the world's top CCOs, CDs, GCDs, and more. We even have a free entry category for social good. If you're ready to zig when others zag, come see us at thesideshow.org. Ghosts are everywhere, whether you believe in them or not. Every town has its local legends, and countless books, movies, and TV shows are haunted by their presence. But our obsessions with ghosts runs deeper than we know and is embedded in the very fabric of American history. In his new book, Chasing Ghosts, from Quirk Books, writer and historian Mark Hartsman dons the mantle of tour guide, taking readers on a fascinating journey through supernatural history, including the Fox Sisters and the rise of spiritualism, the supernatural obsessions of famous figures like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, famous haunted sites like the Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia, and the LaLaurie House in New Orleans, and famous ghosts like the Bell Witch of Tennessee and the Greenbrier Ghost of West Virginia. Deeply researched and highly entertaining, with archival images and black and white illustrations, Chasing Ghosts will satisfy believers and skeptics alike. Available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and independent booksellers everywhere. So Danielle, let's talk about your other projects. So a couple of years ago, you started Anwar.com to support Black-owned businesses. So again, tell us how you got that one started um, and how's it been going so far? Yeah, so I, um, I'm one of the co-founders of Anwar.com. And it again, it's another thing that wasn't intentional, but then kind of you know ballooned into what it is now. So um, this was back in, I would say, late 2018. And, um, you know, two friends and I, we, now my partners, you know, we were preparing for holiday shopping and it was just casual conversation. And, you know, we knew we were going to be spending money and, you know, supporting, you know, all sorts of businesses. And we said, okay, well, let's try to challenge ourselves to see, regardless of who we're shopping for, or what we're looking for, how many black owned businesses we can support. Right. And when we started to do it, we realized it was a little bit harder than we thought. Right. Because, 
either you couldn't find or immediately tell like what business was black owned or not, or some of the ones that we came in contact with, like the quality wasn't really up to par for, you know, who we were shopping for or, you know, our taste. Um, it just became a little bit more confusing. And we thought about how easy it is for us to just find things on Amazon. Right. And I was like, man, I love Amazon. How I can just get anything from there. Like it would be awesome if there was a place like this, but what you're buying is like also supporting a black owned brand. So we all were kind of like moment of silence. Wait, this could be a thing. <laughs> so, you know, we, we started exploring the idea, did some research. Um, we found one um, smaller company out that was doing something similar. And we were like, oh, well, they exist. All right, never mind. But we started to think about it. And I'm like, well, if you look in the bread aisle, right, there's so many brands of bread. And they're all getting sold, right? They all have that shelf space. And then I started to think like more recent of like all these rideshare apps, right? You have Uber, you have Lyft, you have Git, you have Hail, you have Arrow, like you, there's just so, Turo. I didn't even know about all those. <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot, right? So I knew about two. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, well, if in this space we could only name one, you know, let's let's try this. So yeah, we, we got to work, we got some engineers on board and we created the site and kind of went through the struggle, what we realized of like this notion of, is it the chicken or the egg? Like, do we get the merchants first or sellers and, and all of that? So it, you know, fast forward to, um, now 2019, we have like officially launched, um, on Juneteenth and it was good. You know, it was like a slow ramp for sure. But then the bittersweet um, curse that happened, right? You know, the gift and the curse of what was 2020. And, you know, last year mm -hmm. was our largest year, our record year of sales because of just the state of where our, right. country, yeah, our country was, right? And people were getting more um, intentional with wanting to support Black-owned brands and businesses. The pandemic had forced a lot of people out of a job and you know what used to be a hobby they now had to monetize and turn into a business so we were a platform for them to now sell so it's been an amazing ride so far it's great you were there at the right time for people yeah you know we were here ready to to take them on so it's definitely been a journey and it's been um it's a conversation that we have all the time because myself and my partners we all work full time and do um and noir so we always like giggle about you know Imagine if we weren't doing our full-time jobs, like this thing would be, you know, way ahead, but we didn't do it with the intention to make money and become rich off of it. We were really trying to like fill that gap, right? I have a lot of colleagues and friends who are not black and over the years they've asked, you know, everybody wants to kind of diversify their giving. And I think what we're seeing now is that people have shifted from just wanting to diversify giving in like the charitable, you know, philanthropic, philanthropic sense to now they're like, wait, I'm, I'm now learning and privy to, you know, the, the, I guess misalignment when it comes to black owned businesses and, you know, the funding that they receive and the sales that they make. Um, so I was happy and I am happy to be able to say here, here's a, here's a platform um, that not only allows you to go and buy and support, but it also allows you to come on board and sell. And, you know, we support you with getting visibility and all of that as well. So it's definitely been a journey, but we are very much so in our infancy stage still. But that that excites us because there's just so many places that we can go from now. 
Yeah, absolutely. Describe a few of the different businesses. I mean, I imagine it's yeah. a good variety. What kinds of things are available? Yeah, it's such a variety. You know, it, we're definitely on our way to what we want it to be a one stop shop. So we have everything from, um, you know, folks selling clothing on there. We have facial masks, right? You know, these are this is a time of we don't know where, you know, some people are going to want to keep wearing masks. We have that. We have right. uh, we have a woman on there. She has like uh, wireless headphones on there. Uh, we have soaps, we have um, body washes, we have candles, you know, dog food. There's a super cool wow. dog food brand on there, a coffee, you know, mugs. So it literally runs the gamut and we're just continuing to grow each day. Um, we are looking to start to make like a, a internal pivot where we're, we're going to focus on a lot more um, organic and quality premium brands. So folks who have shopped with us before and who will start to shop with us in the future, you know, you guys are going to start to see a shift towards the end of the summer, early fall. But yeah, there's there's such a wide array of, um, of products on there that, you know, and I tell people we intentionally don't limit ourselves to just one brand and one kind of product because I think a fun part is going in and exploring and seeing what you like. We've noticed that people will buy two candles, but you're buying it from two different companies. And then when we see that repeat customer, they're buying two more from that one brand that they know they like, right? So it's a good place for you to not only support, but from a gift giving standpoint, why are you going to go to four or five, six different websites when you can just do it all in one place? So that's, that's a little bit of, you know, who we have on there in the future. We do want to expand to have a directory where, you know, we can localize things like restaurants or, you know, facilitate it to different services where you can support. Um, but for now we're focusing on more packaged products um, mm -hmm. that people can buy. And these companies, are they pretty much across the country? Yes. So, okay. yeah, I would say about 90% of our um, our merchants are U.S. based. We do have a candle company that's um, based in London. And then we have, um, well, she sells like soaps and shampoos and they're pretty awesome. Uh, she is in St. Croix, so she's in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, and then we have another um, uh, merchant that's in Canada. So they ship globally. Uh, but I would say the the base of our uh, merchant um, group are U.S. based. That's great. Uh, I hope it continues growing. It's, uh, it's a great thing. Thank you. Let's talk about your other venture because you're not done. <laughs> You've got, Where do I find the time? I know. I, wow, I thought I was busy. <laughs> oh, but you are. You've got me beat, Mark. You have got me beat. Let's talk about Caption It. So you made an app. Yeah, and it, I did. Go ahead. You You, you describe it. So caption it. So literally caption it is um, it's a one stop shop for you to be able to um, sort through, browse and find uh, quotes and captions that you can use for either social media posting or you can use it to share with friends and family. So um, with anything I do, there's always a story behind it. So with caption it, it was my cousin's bachelorette party. Right. And, you know, everybody's taking pictures. And I remember one of the bridesmaids, um, she took a picture and she's like, oh, I need to find like a quote for it. Like, I want something witty. And I kid you not, in the notes section of her phone, she had everything from song lyrics and movie lines and just, you know, Wait, legendary she'd just been quotes. collecting them on her own and putting them in there, like storing yes, them? Yes, yes. Literally has been doing that. And in my head, I was like, <laughs> this could totally be an app. 
So, you know, not everyone needs to access wait. to your notes. <laughs> exactly. I was like, um, let me let me explore this option. And I just like one night wrote out the wireframes and how it would look and, you know, what categories it would have. And I connected with an engineer and together we, well, yeah, created Caption It. So it's available on both Android and, and iOS. And um, yeah, it's it's been taking off. It's it's fun. It's it's quick. Um, a lot of people who look at it, they're like, oh, like, I didn't think I'd... it's the, it's the app that you never knew you needed. Right. You know, sometimes we see that caption that we want to post and we end up just saying, like, I don't know, today or brunch last night when it could have been something a little bit more witty. Right. But where I have also seen a lot of people use it, especially, um, you know, last year and this year, when we think of the times that we've been in, it's you can literally just go in there and whether it's through text message or email, send a motivational quote or an inspiring message to somebody just to brighten their day. So I've had a couple of friends who, you know, they have the app and they've been intentional with, we have a, um, I have a category um, called inspiration. So they'll go in there and they'll find something and just pick a person and send it to them. So, you know, the app definitely has, um, you know, multiple benefits. So yes, there's the fun and what some may say superficial part where you're just like, you know, posting things on social media. But then there's also this part of, you know, when you d don't know the words to say, right, but you want to brighten someone's day or let them know you're thinking about them, but you can't quite find those words. They're they're literally in the palm of your hand. So if you if you use caption it, so that's that's my my other baby. First of all, I love the fact that you just recognize opportunity and then you run with it. Like, oh, here's here's something yeah. that can become uh, something bigger. That that's awesome. But then I also love that for you, this is just it's another way to push positivity out into the world, just for the reasons you just said. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's really cool. It's like no matter what you're doing, it's got that common theme. That And you've picked up on it, right? Anything that I will say yes to or put energy in or time or just anything, it has to have some sort of a, a positive ripple effect, right? So it may not be immediately visible to some folks, but, you know, for me, you know, whether it's work or, you know, passion projects, like I always lead from the heart. So if, if anything I can do ties back to something positive, it's always going to be a yes for me. Yeah. I mean, if it's as big as Star Boutique and those experiences you give those girls, or just like you said, here's here's an inspirational quote with a photo that you that might just be something someone needs to see at that moment in time for whatever reason, right? So it can be that simple, basically. Yep, definitely. So what else is coming up for you? Do you have any new ideas in the works or, or you're... You're just going to continue <laughs> developing what you've got for right for the moment. Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with what I have. I think the new ideas are really helping people with their new ideas. So, you know, last year at the beginning of the pandemic, I really started to tap into, um, you know, business consulting, you know, helping folks who have an idea, but they can't quite get it off the ground. Um, and that's honestly been super fulfilling. Like I had no idea that this would be something that I would, you know, be interested in, but just knowing from my experience, the, the feeling that you get when something was just an idea in your mind, and then it kind of made its way to paper or phone slash laptop. And then now you can actually see it, right? You know, people know about it and they're coming to it or benefiting from it. Um, so I've been doing that for the past year, um, you know, small business consulting. And then I've also established a five-week uh, a five-week program called Navigating Nonprofits. So throughout the five weeks, I basically go through 
all the major milestones that you need to hit to be able to launch your own nonprofit. So basically starting from getting clarity on your cause all the way through your 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 uh, business plan, board of directors, all the way up until launch. So that's been awesome. I've had about five clients so far and, you know, they've all been, you know, super stoked about it. So that's probably what I'll continue to do. So I don't know if any new businesses will start to come about, but I've been enjoying the journey, just helping people with their, their ideas. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. That's so great that you're doing that. I love that. Your, your, your new idea is helping other people figure out their ideas. So that's exactly, (laughs) that's, that's awesome. And who knows what comes from that? That's really great. This has been amazing, Danielle. Thank you for sharing all this, but really more importantly, thank you for all that you do. I hope this inspires others uh, to see the different kinds of things you can do when you just focus on it and make the time. You can do whatever you want to do. It's it's really terrific. The world needs more people like you. Oh, thanks so much, Mark. This is awesome. Thank you for having me. And yeah, kudos to everyone else out there who has decided to do something besides and beyond ads. This is this is awesome. Yeah, good good luck with it. Keep it going. And uh, yeah, wish you much success. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Danielle. Thanks for listening to Besides Ads, and thank you, Danielle Skeen. We'll end with an ad for her. Find out more about Danielle and her work at DanielleDSkeen.com. If you want to support Black-owned businesses or sell on Danielle's site, check out Andnoir.com. That's A-N-D-N-O-I-R-E.com. Besides ads, is brought to you by me, Mark Hartsman. You can see my work at MarkHartsman.com or follow me on LinkedIn. This episode was edited to the mix by James Archer. The theme song was written by Steffi Copeland, an ACD copywriter. See her work at SteffiCopeland.com. And the logo was designed by Rich Wallace, a GCD art director whose work can be seen at richwallace.myportfolio.com. If you like this podcast, do me a favor and share it wherever you share things. And if you'd like to place an ad with us, go to BesidesAds.com to find out how. Until next time, go make something.